If you want to support the show, you can go to mwpnews.com support, where you can pick up my latest book, Succession Planning, and all my other books that have previously been released on Kindle for only $2.99 each. Thank you. Good morning, and welcome to Beware of Spoiler, not Beware of Spoilers, 30 Minute Reviews. I'm Adam on this, a, well, I'm recording it on Sunday, a very sunny Sunday. I'm going to see Dune Part 2 tonight, so we're going to be talking about that on Beware of Spoilers later today. Um, but for now, let's settle into what we have going on with uh, the big news of the week, um, and all that kind of cool stuff. So, let's see what we got here. Let's start out with the biggest story which is Gareth Edwards will be directing um, Jurassic World. Um, I want to say they had another director kind of on standby. Uh, They had someone else who was on on tap to do it, but that person has since dropped out, um, and and it is now going to be Gareth Edwards. I think that could be interesting. I think Gareth Edwards did some good work with Rogue One. Um, It is arguably the most interesting of the Star Wars movies to have, what's it called, to have come out, um, you know, it, I think it, I think it, it's, it's an interesting work on that, um, I, I look, I, I saw people say that, like, oh, this is him being put in, in, like, movie jail for, for what happened with, um, what's it called, for what happened with, uh, the creator, I don't see that as the case. I think that this is them giving him a good, um, what's it called? A good, like, uh, a big franchise to kind of go back to. Um, because Gareth Edwards' franchise work has always been great. Because didn't he do Godzilla? Like, that Godzilla movie's great. Um, Rogue One is great. The creator is great. I mean, the creator's fine. Let me rephrase. I don't want to sound too positive on the creator. The creator's fine. It's not terrible. It's kind of paint by numbers, but it is what it is, and and it and it does what it is very very well. Um, so I think him coming in to direct Jurassic World could be interesting. It's just the question is going to be how much autonomy does he get as the director, and how much of the movie is just we're gonna we're going to insert him into this system that's going to shit out a Jurassic World movie. Um, like, is this a Star Wars situation? You know, not which is a system he's familiar with. Or is this a, a, a situation where he's going to be doing a, um, what's it called? Um, he's going to be doing a bigger, you know, he's going to have more say. Because um, it's like, I, I see it going both ways. Where it's like, Universal just wants a Jurassic World movie. Um, meanwhile, here he is just trying to, trying his best to, to make a, a movie with his own spin on it. Um, and I'd be interested to see what ends up of this. Um, or if he stays all the way through production. Because the initial results, from what I re- recall hearing to begin with, was, you know, oh, they, they want to make this kind of a studio movie, and that's why the previous director left. Then, who name I'm forgetting, um, but I'm, I'm interested to see where it kind of, you know, how they they shape that going forward and, and seeing where this kind of goes from there. Um, but I, I think Gareth Edwards being attached is an interesting first step to kind of show us that, like, look, we're, we're trying. We're, we are trying to bring someone onto this who will be interested. That said, the script is still being written by David Le- Lech, Leach, 
um, which would which is something that gives me a little bit of pause because I don't think that he's had many great movies in recent years. He had a few really good ones earlier in his career. He wrote the original Jurassic World, uh, Jurassic Park, and he's written a few movies. He's written a lot of movies since then. My concern is, are we going to get good or are we going to get bad? And I think recent history indicates we're probably going to get bad, um, which is, you know, we'll see how that works. And we'll also see, like, I don't know if it's necessarily his fault or if it is he's been working within studio franchises. So you do have mandates that go along with that. If that's the case, then then how does this these two things kind of go together? Like, it's, it's a weird situation all around. Now, on to our next story, which is the Batman Beyond movie. Oh, Lord. This is something that I saw that I was like, this is... Because if you go back to an earlier episode, there's an episode from 2019, I think. Um, I think it's still up. Because we had that issue where a bunch of episodes got lost, and I've, I've been re-uploading some of them. Um, there was an episode where I talk about um, what did you do, Batman in the style of Spider-Verse. And I think the answer is fundamentally probably not, because I think that, like, Spider-Verse, you get all of these various Spider-Man characters that are all kind of a little bit different, um, and they all kind of have their own personalities and, and, and their own way of being. Um, and I think that Spider-Man as a character is kind of all cut from the same gritty cloth. Um, that said, I think an animated Batman Beyond movie um, would be cool, I think, which is something that Warner Bros. was pitched and Warner Bros. passed on. Um, Warner Bros. has not been making great decisions of late. They, they've they kind of been falling by the wayside um, and doing a bunch of things that I'm like, hmm, that's questionable. So the this is just another one of those where it's like, oh, why why was this the way it went? Why was this the, the way that this movie kind of you know, got pitched and got passed. Was this a done decision? I would say probably, you know, not. Uh, with my my thought on this, because the, the issue is, we've been promised a kind of cohesive DC universe, and we've heard this before, not from DC, but we've heard this from Star Wars, this idea that everything's going to be equally canon. And with Star Wars, it was not really true. It was kind of a lot of lip service that ended up being kind of not real to reality. Um which is a shame because there are some cool ideas in the expanded universe that could, that there is the opportunity to use in the, in the main movies, but they just don't. Um, which leads to a lot of weird situations. Like we've talked about it before the operation Cinder thing. We're actually going to talk about it on Wednesday in this week's Explored hyperspace lanes. Josie and I are going to talk about that. The issue that I have with this is I, I, I don't want to see like, like, when they were talking about a cohesive universe for Marvel video games, they said they don't want to have people feel shoehorned into the story of whatever it is that the other people around them have made. So like the example I gave is like, if the moon gets destroyed in one game, we don't want the other games to be forced into taking the, you know, oh, well, the moon's destroyed, so we can't do anything with that. It's that kind of thing where it's like, we don't want to feel forced into doing it. And I'm, I'm concerned that if, if Warner Bros. is not doing this, it's because of that. It's it's the opposite mentality, where it's like, well, we have plans for this elsewhere. And, and, and we're getting another indication of that 
from why Superman and Lois was canceled. Because apparently Superman and Lois was canceled because, and I don't buy this, I think that there's a major restructuring going on at, at, at CW um, where none of their content is, is really going on. They, but allegedly, part of the reason Superman and Lois got canceled was because they were doing it in another medium. And it's like, look, I buy that because that's always been kind of Warner Brothers' ethos, which is kind of strange. Not really, though, because they had, like, they were never allowed to use Batman because Batman was big in the movies. But they were allowed to use um, The Flash, and The Flash was in the movies, too, at the same time. So it, it, it's a weird situation. And, and I watched this, and I'm like, I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if I buy that, you know, that, that this decision that came from on high, like, I don't know what to think about this. It's kind of how I feel because I, I hope that the movies that we end up getting are good enough to where the stuff we end up not getting and find out about later is acceptable. So, like, what I mean by that is I hope we get to a point where the – as the movies are coming out and as we're seeing things, um, you know, be released, I hope the movies that we're getting are good enough to where it's like, oh, well, we could have had this. And it's like, yeah, but what we got was fine. Um, it, it's, it's a weird situation all around. Um, now, story number three – Hang on, where's my list of stories? Story number three. The Ballerina, which is the new John Wick spinoff starring Anna de Armas, has been delayed by a full year into June of 2025, which is something that's not shocking considering it is now February. We don't have a trailer for it yet. Um, I'm surprised we haven't gotten this delay sooner. Um, but regardless, the movie has been fully delayed into 2025, and it's apparently to make the action better, which... I think it's fundamentally addressing an issue that I think is plaguing the John Wick franchise outside of the main four John Wick movies. The John Wick movies are not there for story. It's there for some world building. I know a lot of people, myself included, really love the world that they've built there. But that's not what we're here to see. We're not here to see the world. We're here to see John Wick beat the fuck out of people or whoever it's going to be beat the fuck out of people, and then, you know, and, and, and these outlandish fights, these awesome, that, that's what we're here for, we're here for the fight sequences, and if you're not making the fight sequences good, what are you bothering making a John Wick thing for? At that point, it's not John Wick, it's just a generic action thing, and if that's going to be the case, why are we having the conversation at all? And that's kind of how I felt about the Continental. Like, the Continental did not look, you know, great, based purely on the fact that it was kind of a, uh, what's it called? It was kind of a, uh, um, you know, it, it was just kind of generic and, and boring. And that's kind of where I am with this. It's like, if you're not going to make it right, don't make it at all. But it seems like they're going to take steps to kind of solidify what it should have been from the beginning. Um, which is good. That's a good thing for everyone. Um, story number four. Oh, wrong article. Wrong page. Um... The Kane Chronicles series from Rick Riordan is not moving forward at Netflix. And I'm not entirely sure what's behind this. It's an odd decision considering that Percy Jackson and the Olympians has been a a, a beautiful thing for uh, for Disney+. Plus. Um, they, they, it did great numbers for them. I'm surprised that like, you, we have this opportunity to do this other thing. We're going to pass on it. Because then the issue becomes, it's like, well, now can Disney option that too? 
because they're already in the Rick Riordan business. And I think that that's kind of what we're going to see them start to get into more. If there's one indication we got from that earnings call, it's that Disney is going to, you know, what's it called? It's that Disney is going to continue to do franchises that we know are big and we know people are going to go to every time. And that's kind of what Percy Jackson and the Olympians has proven themselves to be. So now that they have the Kane Chronicles, or not that up for grab, do they jump on that? Or does another studio try to jump on that first? And if so, does Disney have first pass rights? Because that is a possibility as well. We'll see, though. Um, I don't think that's an odd decision by Netflix, especially considering that, like, you, you need to stop these live-action adaptations. And we're going to talk about that on Beware Spoilers, uh, well, yesterday. But you need to stop these live-action adaptations. If you're not going to do them right, don't bother. Um, I don't understand the reason for that. Um, but it is what it is. Moving on to our final story, the SAG Awards were Saturday night, and we now have a clearer picture of what's going on with the Oscar race. So let's break down what we have. Robert Downey Jr. won Best Supporting Actor. I think that this means he's going to win Best Supporting Actor at the Academy Awards. We're locked down at this point. Then we have Killian Murphy won Best uh, best Leading Actor. Again, I think that going into this, it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to win that uh, the Oscar for Best Actor. But this just further solidifies that. Um, I think, too, Oppenheimer is still going to win Best Picture. I think Nolan's going to win Best Director. Um, so... Let's see how that, you know, I, I don't think that this, there's anything there here. I think the two more interesting races are the two that were kind of up for grabs. I think Best Actress going into last night was down to uh, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon and, um, and Emma Stone for Four Things. I stand by. I may not agree with it, but I would predict Emma Stone wins the Oscar. Uh, that would have been what I said this morning. I think I said that when I did my Oscar predictions. Um, Emma Stone wins the Academy Award. I think the issue with that now is I don't think that Emma Stone is as solid a pick now since it is, you know, what's her name has now won Best uh, best Actress at the SAG Awards. Lily Gladstone has taken that home. Um and I think, too, it's like, I think the, the Best Supporting Actress award is up for grabs. Um, I still think it should be Divine Joy Randolph, and I thought that before she won last night. Um, but it's, it's interesting to see how that, how that plays, if it does play. Um, I'm curious about it now. But let's see, you know, let, let's see what ends up happening, um, happening there. And on to our final news story for today. Uh, oh, no, that was the final news story. Uh, on to our box office report from last week. Um, number one, Bob Marley, One Love, held number held at the top spot with $13.5 Coming in at number two, the newcomer Demon Slayer uh, movie, which I don't know what the fuck that is, um, which ended up taking home $11.5 which is good for them. Um, anytime I see one of these anime movies... In here, I'm like, good for them, getting that high up. Um, coming in at number three is Ordinary Angels, another newcomer that was supposed to come out last year, but got delayed into this year with $6.5 million. Madam Web drops all the way to number four with $6.0 million, and Migration drops to number five at $3.0 million. Uh, of note, Argyle dropped out completely of the top ten. 
uh, out of the top five down to number six. Uh, extending your collection this week, we have a bunch of new DVD releases coming out on Tuesday. We have Wonka hitting DVD in Blu-ray and 4K. Uh, definitely would recommend this. Definitely recommend checking out uh, Wonka if you haven't seen it already. It is coming to streaming in the near future, but I would definitely... This is one that I would say is a good buy for your collection. Uh, Migration's hitting DVD this week as well. Next Goal wins also, and Dream Scenario. Um... I think that that's really it on that. Yeah, I don't think... I, I, I'm in VHS, 1980, uh, VHS 85, uh, which is another, I would say, solid pick. Um, but I would check out any of those. Um, but we'll wrap up there for today because I have things to do. Um, and I'm seeing doing tonight, so I have a truncated timeline to get my, my usual shit done. Um, so we'll wrap up there for today. And until our next episode, which will be next week... Uh, Have a great rest of your week.